Here on Gadget Lab, we dive deep into the tech universe, tackling questions like, is giving companies access to your genetic material a good idea? And are the latest phone releases really that different than the last ones? We want to help you make informed decisions about what is worth your attention. And here's something that is undeniably worth your time, a digital subscription to Wired. Lucky for you, we are giving Gadget Lab listeners an exclusive discount, 20% off an annual subscription to Wired. Just visit Wired.com and use the promo code GL20 to get 20% off a digital subscription. Use GL20 to get exclusive access to stories on the latest innovations like AI, deepfakes, and VR, as well as today's most talked about people in technology. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Are you driving your car or doing laundry right now? Podcasts go best when they're bundled with another activity. Like Progressive Home and Auto Policies, they're best when they're bundled too. Having these two policies together makes insurance easier and could help you save. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save nearly $800 on average. Quote a home and car bundle today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. AI is making waves in every field it touches. President Biden is now on TikTok and the election draws closer each day. With so much going on in the world, it is hard to keep up with it all, let me tell you. Hi, I'm Kai Rizdal, the co-host of Make Me Smart. It's a podcast from Marketplace. And every weekday, Kimberly Adams and I break down the latest in business and the economy with short daily episodes to make it easy for you to stay in the know. Listen to Make Me Smart wherever you get your podcasts. Mike. Lauren. Mike, now that you've had a little bit of time to get used to the idea that we're all just creating this free content for Elon Musk on Twitter, how are you feeling about it? Apprehensive. Are you going to quit Twitter? Uh, I don't think so. I'm still too addicted. Well, and if you quit, you also wouldn't be able to see tweets from other important people like Kara Swisher. Heaven for foe. And she's kind of a big deal. Should we ask her to come on the show? I think we should. Let's do it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Gadget Lab. I'm Lauren Good. I'm a senior writer at Wired. And I'm Michael Calori. I'm a senior editor at Wired. We're also joined this week by a very special guest, the one and only Kara Swisher. She's a longtime reporter, media entrepreneur, New York Times columnist, host of the popular Sway podcast and co-host of the Pivot podcast with Scott Galloway. She's also my former boss and former podcast co-host and um, the person who I could say you never want to get into a parking fight with. She joins <laughs> us from Washington, D.C. Hi, Kara. It wasn't a fight, but go ahead. <laughs> That's exactly right. Kara was always going to win that one. Yeah, exactly. All right. So for those of you who might actually remember our old podcast, Too Embarrassed to Ask, which Kara and I did for the Vox Media Podcast Network, in the second half of the show, we're going to revisit that format a little bit, and we're going to ask Kara to answer some of the burning questions that you sent to us on the internet. But first, we really wanted to bring you on, Kara, because we wanted to talk to you about Twitter and Elon Musk. You have interviewed Elon, at least a few times before, right, on stage at Code Conference and on your Sway podcast. So you have a lot of insight not only into his his business dealings, but like who he is as a person and what makes him tick. Well, so what, he's changed. It feels like he's changed a little bit. He's sort of moved over to the Andreessen side of the equation or or that way. He's been sort of palling around with the right right now. So say more about that. 
What do you mean? Well, by that? it's interesting because I find Elon to be someone who's very funny. He's sort of unexpected. He tends to um, surprise you. You never know where he's going to come down on anything. And he's sort of been virtual signaling to the right or, or the right of, for definitely sure, the right of Silicon Valley and the right itself, sort of retweeting them, being sort of growing it up with them. Um, you know, they're thrilled because they are permanently aggrieved. And so, therefore, anyone cool that sort of looks their way is just, you can feel the excitement drip off them sweating, sweatingly. Um, and so I think, you know, he's surprising me that he's doing this much, you know, conspiracy theorying. And uh, today was there was a story in the Daily Mail about this group that it seems like they're just like against Elon Musk and they're making it into a, you know, he's making he's trying to play it like it's a conspiracy theory. It's just a it's very typical group of people on the left are pushing back on what he's saying. And, and so he's turning them into some, you know, global George Soros conspiracy theory. Obviously, one of George Soros's foundations is involved. So that makes it easy. What, so I think he's gotten could... a little more. I, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if it's an actual change or he's just doing it just to piss people off, which is also one of his favorite things to do. I think what you're describing is really a broader political climate at Silicon Valley because mm -hmm. there is this perception and perhaps misperception that mm -hmm. Silicon Valley is very liberal. Yeah. Um, but it's a different kind of climate, actually. I, I, I don't ever think it was a climate. Years ago, I said this. I said Silicon Valley is not liberal. I don't know what you mean by liberal. I think they're very selfish. I think they're interested in money. I think they're interested in themselves. I think they're narcissistic. I think they're very more, much more Republican in, 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 in traditional Republican than you think. Um, there were some obvious Republicans like Meg Whitman or John Chambers who were very declared, you know what I mean, who talked about it. And they're more traditional Republicans. And in fact, the Meg Whitmans of the world are sort of uh, allied with Democrats now, which, is, you know, which is interesting. Um, and then there's this whole strain of I used to call it libertarian light um, that was sort of represented by Peter Thiel or Keith Raboy and others. And they've certainly moved further. I don't know where they've moved. I don't even know what to call it. It's called the new right, but I don't even know what to call it. Um, and, 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 you know, J.D. Vance, who was a tech person also for an, an investor, uh, venture person, um, who just won in Ohio. And so um, it's more of a, you know, the government's at the same old, same old, which is the government is incompetent. We are the masters of the universe. We know what's good for everybody listen to us, we make money, and therefore you should listen to us. They have a whole bunch of tropes. It's a little bit disappointing to see, um, and not really caring about women or people of color or gay people, not really caring to comment on these things. You've heard crickets around the abortion thing, for example, from leaders. Um, just caring about their own little slice of the world, which I always thought they were like this. So here they are being like this. So if if that's the if that's the worldview of the elite, mm -hmm. the people who run the companies, what about the rank and file? Have you talked to people at Twitter more and liberal. gotten their reaction on on the sale? Yeah, they're more liberal. Obviously, they're more you know I, I would say no, sort of the I, none of them are like super liberal. That's the thing. It's really funny. They're they're sort of mm, they they definitely give to Democrats. I would say they're very socially liberal and very open minded in that regard. But I think they're. I think probably a lot of people at Twitter are upset. They don't, just don't know what to expect. And that company's been a, like a like a goat rodeo since it was founded. So it's been one big emotional <laughs> roller coaster for everyone who's worked there. And so um, so it's just another one. And this guy seems some you know can seem like a bully. The things he did around Vija, which were very clever the way he did it. You know he sort of pointed to her, but didn't point to her by name. Um, he he left it to others to figure it out and then was like 
you know, what me worry, Alfred E. Newman, like, what are you talking about? I didn't point to her and mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. Or, his, or his supporters did. He didn't, to be fair. Um, mm-hmm. This so, is Elon uh, Musk, for those of you yes. who aren't familiar, Elon Musk pointing to one of the top executives, Vijigati, for making a decision about removing content from the platform a while back. And he sort yeah, of called Hunter it Biden. out on Twitter. And then she right. was bullied online. Right, as right. As if the Hunter Biden thing wouldn't set off the entire right. group of them that go crazy. Just the way, the same thing with Hillary Clinton's emails. There's lots of topics that send different sides off onto different tangents. And so he's aware of that. Um, and, and in that regard, my point was, it's trying to get her to leave. That would be my guess. And lots of people to leave so he doesn't have to pay them severance, which they have mm. in their contracts. And secondly, this was Jack was the CEO. He tries to pretend he wasn't part of this decision, but it, he, it doesn't matter. It hangs around his neck, whether he was part of it or not. He was the CEO. He wanted to be part-time CEO. He doesn't get a hall pass when decisions were made on his watch, even if he didn't make them, as far as I'm concerned. If, you want, if he took the job, he had the title, it's his responsibility, period. Aside from shaking things up at the executive ranks, what do you think are some of the concrete changes that Elon will make at Twitter? Well, they'll be product. To the platform itself. Yeah, there'll be product changes. I think probably they'll, he'll shove editing through uh, longer tweets he's talked about, um, getting rid of bots, which they're already doing, right? There, a lot of this stuff, Mike Masnick wrote a very good piece called Reality Check. Twitter is actually doing a lot of the things he's talking about. Um, you know, and his, he, he's making the salient point that bots are free speech too. So you're getting rid of one's free speech for another. So, um, you know, they're doing, Twitter has been the, the freest speech group of all of them really in many ways for a long long time and so they but they've been making the choice between dangerous stuff and making a good healthy platform they call it healthy communities right i think that's the term they they all different terms for that um and so um they've been trying really hard to do things not perfectly and they've made tons and tons of mistakes by the way it's not it's gonna it's gonna happen on these platforms and some of them are really quite egregious um, including on the left and the right, by the way, Don, you know, with, they took a long time to deal with Donald Trump for lots of reasons, good and bad. Um, they take a lot. They sometimes, you know, make a mistake like Hunter Biden, which was the Hunter Biden laptop stuff was clearly a mistake to deplatform the New York Post, I think, in that case. Um, and so it's really um, I think they've been doing a lot of things he talks about. So it's often like I'm going to come and do this and. They kind of were doing that. And I'm going to do this. And they're doing that. And then you can declare victory and go home and take it public again after he takes it private. Um, But I think some product things, I think he's going to move away from advertising, do more subscription. He's talked about that, um, which I think a lot of people thought they should. Lots and lots of people thought they should. I think he'll be able to make the changes if he's the only owner, really, pretty much. And with a bunch of partners, I assume he'll get some financial partners along with the banks. Um, and so I think he'll, that's what he'll do. Like he'll do the stuff that, that they were moving in the direction of doing, um, you know, and he'll call a lot of attention to it because he, he uses Twitter as marketing himself and uh, to market his own products. And he'll, he'll market Twitter by being Elon, which is a good, which is a good thing. He's very, people pay attention to him. So he's obviously going to be a high profile owner, but Twitter does yeah. currently have a CEO, Parag Agarwal. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is Agarwal going to stay? Is he going to get booted? Who's going to be the next CEO? Is I, I it you? Know. Do you want to yeah, be Yeah, no, are you no, the next CEO? No, no, no they hate me. Um, That's the tagline of our no, podcast. Kara no, Swisher no, is the new no, CEO please of Twitter. Don't, please don't, please don't write that. No, um, I, would, I would be totally incompetent, which doesn't make me that different than a lot of tech CEOs. Exactly. So, um, so uh, I think he, he seems to be aligned with him. He's been very quiet about defending his current employees, which I think is pretty shitty. Um, I've said so mm. publicly. Um, so I, I think he's aligned with a lot of stuff that Elon wants to do. I don't know why he would remove him. 
you know, if he can order him around, what do you, what is, you know, he's very confident. People like him at the company. He's got to be careful not to ho- wholly upset the awful cart, but that's the, what he does, right? That's what Elon does. Elon goes through staffers quite a bit more than other CEOs and doesn't mind it. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of people would be attracted to working for him. Other people would be like, fuck this crap and move along. And that's what's going to happen. That happens in Silicon Valley all the time. He's just a particularly strong strain of leader, right? So they can either decide uh, to to go with him or not. So, you know, you either want to work for him or you don't. I personally would stay to just watch it, like, either burn down or do really well. Like, I don't know what the – I don't know. I guess what couldn't you tolerate? I could tolerate a lot just to watch that show. How do you think history is going to remember someone like Elon Musk? Because yeah. he is a complicated oh, person. And he's visionary. mercurial visionary. and erratic. And he doesn't have a great track mm-hmm. record for treating workers uh, super no. well. But but yes, Nobody but he's invented that. these incredibly. So yeah, what do you think? How do you think we are? I don't think anyone will remember the COVID thing that he did, which I thought was irresponsible. But he said he And was, you pressed him on that in your podcast. I did. I did. And, and he, he threatened to walk off. away. Yes. Yeah, and then he didn't. And then he didn't. <laughs> Whatever. Like, I like him for that. Like, go for it, dude. Like, but he didn't. Like, he didn't. I was like, oh, calm yourself down. But um you know he's 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 very uh, he's he's intentionally volatile and he's actually volatile if that makes sense sometimes i don't ever know which the difference i i could see him stalking off a stage i could see him doing it i don't care i'm not offended if he wants to do that but i think he'll be remembered look i always say tom if you read any books about thomas edison what an asshole right like you that's what you you can't come away with any biography of thomas edison and think what an asshole and what an interesting character what a what a what a what a show pony he was, you know, very P.T. Barnum, uh, uh, constant lying, underhanded tricks, that kind of stuff. And so I don't think people remember anything but the inventions, essentially. And so I suspect, you know, Elon is taking on big topics like, you know, solar or space or cars. He will be remembered for that. That not the not the silliness, not his stupid meme tweets. And it'll be a sideshow to it, but people won't remember. His, stu- his dumb thing about they and them, like, I don't know why he has to punch down like that, but he, f- he, he feels he must. Um, I think it's an, un- I don't like him punching down, but it's his life. He can do whatever he wants. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to uh, ask Kara to answer some of the questions that people on the internet, hopefully not trolls, have sent into the show. We'll be right back. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Jeremy Larson, the Reviews Director of Pitchfork, and this podcast is supported by Pitchfork Music Festival. Pitchfork Music Festival will take place July 19th through the 21st at Union Park in Chicago, Illinois. This year's lineup features Jamie XX, Alanis Morissette, Black Pumas, Carly Rae Jepsen, Brittany Howard, Jay Paul, Muna, Jesse Ware, 100 Gex, and many more. The festival also features diverse vendors as well as specialty record, poster, and craft fairs and works to support local businesses while promoting the Chicago arts and food communities as a whole. For more information on tickets and lineup, visit pitchforkmusicfestival.com. All 
story, as some of you may know, Kara and I used to co-host a show together at Vox. It was called Too Embarrassed to Ask, and we answered listener questions about consumer tech. And uh, just for today, we're going to reboot it, at least for this segment. We, um, we asked you for your questions on Twitter earlier this week, and now we're going to try to get answers. Um, all right, Kara, do you want to ask the first one, Mike? Why don't sure. Ask the first one. Okay. 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 Our first listener question comes from a listener named Walt Mossberg. Mm, yeah. I heard he retired, but go ahead. He's a retiree, Walt <laughs> yes. Mossberg. We all ahead. we all know and love Walt Mossberg, the uh, the, the famous uh, groundbreaking uh, technology columnist from the Wall Street Journal for years and years. My old job. Uh, let's see. First question <laughs> comes from Walt Mossberg. Will Nougat be participating? <laughs> no, I hope not. That cat tried to attack my child, <laughs> one of my children. This is Lauren's cat. Your child's a grown man. <laughs> Lauren, he, uh, that cat sat on the top of the stairs and hissed at him. I'm still not over it. Lauren, you need to know that everybody who loves and cares about you bears physical and emotional scars from this cat that you own. Exactly. I have the yeah. best cat in the world. No, you don't. Really, it's not. Uh, you have the biggest. Are you like bully. Matt Gates? Are you a cat loving? <laughs> yes. Yes. I went oh home God. from a rally last night and I cuddled with my cat. I'm overeducated. Over-educated. And I'll have you know, I had like Under-loved. 40 <laughs> options on Bumble and I ignored all of them in favor <laughs> of my cat. Okay. And you know. Know what and microwave dinners slap right your cat the reason is the cat who's hissy 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 he didn't hiss at me hissed at my poor son i'm just gonna i think the cat knows who's actually boss kara okay i, I will show you the action. text i will show you the text from my son they were just <laughs> devastated. Oh, devastated i've been there i've been there all right Walt. walt actually did send in a good question so you i'm know, gonna Michael. read uh Go walt's walt mossberg's actual question here it is is twitter really a tech company seriously I know it uses tech tools like software and servers, so do most big companies, but does it create new tech like Google or Apple or Amazon? Where's the Twitter watch? Where's the Twitter smartphone OS? Where's Twalexa? <laughs> Twalexa. That's an excellently phrased question. Uh, that's a good question. No, Yes, it is. It's a software company. It's a services company. Sure, Walt, don't be silly. Of course it is. You know, it doesn't have to make things. And by the way, it, it was very early to Vine and... and mm-hmm. um, What's the other Periscope. one? The one. Periscope. Periscope. Mm-hmm. They were they were very innovative on a lot of stuff that everyone else just copied and did better. Um, so I think yes, I think they've been very innovative on a lot of things. Um, you know, they've also managed to to shoplift some things like Clubhouse uh, and do Twitter Spaces. And yeah, I think they're a tech company. It, of course, it is. Sorry, Walt. Yeah, know. they're information services. They don't. Make yes, gadgets, they're information services. But... They don't make edges. They could, but everyone would laugh at them. Yeah. yeah. Why would they? Right. And hardware is hard and in many cases low margin and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add to their service. Okay. Besides, who wants a Twitter car thing? What if there was a Twitter guide and it was like a workout machine that plugged into your Peloton that like All right. to you? All right. right. Okay. All right. Um, here's another question from Ken Haggerty. Uh, sure. Hi, Lauren. And yours and Kara's opinion, but really we just want to hear Kara's opinion here. Does Twitter still have the cultural relevance, at least here in the U.S., for tweets to still be news? So for example, if Elon Musk were to re-platform Donald Trump and other uh, conservative voices, would they drive the conversation like before? I, I don't think Twitter's that big. I think it's big among the media and politicians in the U.S. And I guess Ted Cruz has to have someone pay attention to his ridiculous ramblings. But um, I think that I don't think it's that big. I think people overestimate. Maybe it'll be bigger under Elon, but I, it's very popular in some countries among the autocrats for sure. 
Um, it's, it's, you know, it's popular in some places, but it's not very big compared to Facebook and other sites. It's quite small. It's small compared to TikTok. It's small compared to Instagram. I think it's small compared to Snapchat. So I don't think it's that, I, I, I just, it's the dirty secret of Twitter is it's not that big. I think for Donald Trump brought a lot of, um, attention to the company, you know what I mean? To the company and the uses and, and that that was that. That's that's what I think was important. Okay, next question for you, Kara. Do you own any crypto? I did. I do. I don't know where it is in my house. I bought 10 cryptos for $50 each at the very beginning because I was doing a story about Wences Casares uh, from Zappo, and he made me buy it to do the story. And he told me to buy 25000 I think, Bitcoin at the time. It was very cheap. And I was like, well, I don't think it's going to get that big. You know what I mean? I was one of those people. But I put it on a uh, little thumb drive, I guess, is where it was, I think. And then I lost it. So it's kicking around somewhere. (laughs) There's 10 of them. Would anyone like to go on a scavenger hunt this weekend? (laughs) I know. I know. I don't know where it is. I don't. don't. Okay. Follow up to that. Uh, Is Web3 the actual next web or just a buzzword or a collection of buzzwords that enable the already rich entrepreneurs to speculate on a bunch of digital assets? No, I think it's a thing. It's a shift just the way mobile was. Yeah, I do. I think it's a collection of some different technologies around NFTs and the blockchain and um and crypto yeah i do i think it's an it's another iteration of you know i think it's more like yes 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 i'll just say yes what's yes. the what's the best example you've seen of that so far i think it's super early and you know the grifters of course are there as they are I, I, the crypto i think crypto is full of grifters so was the early internet mm-hmm. uh, um and so i would say crypto crypto yeah especially bitcoin Next question from Liz. Would like to hear her, Kara's, thoughts on the kerfuffle regarding health and menstruation tracking apps in lieu of the Supreme Court draft opinion. I know that Kara's not a data privacy expert, but hey. Um, additionally, and she wrote uh, E2EE, end-to-end encryption in a post-real world. But let's talk about the first one. There have been some articles published in the past few days expressing concern about what's going to happen to all of the data that women might be sharing in these um, these health and menstruation tracking apps. Yeah, yeah this uh, is how, my how, Mac. Remember, we, we, we debuted one at Code, remember? That's we right. It was Max Lefchins. It was, um, that's right. I wrote the story for that. It was called Glow. And I remember my lead, I never forgot my lead. I said, uh, he went from tracking payment cycles to tracking menstruation cycles. Right. Yeah. And he thought he had all these pregnancies. Yeah. So, um, so, I mean, how concerned do you think people should be at this point in time? Very. I mean, I just, I always worry about, you know, today someone was sending me something pretty confidential and I made them use a very, a variety of methods that I didn't use to use. Like I, 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 like I I now worry about DMs on Twitter. I don't know why there's no, Hmm. there's no sense. I just don't trust Elon. You know, I just think I'm worried about it. I should have been more worried before I suspect. Um, And, uh, you know, I think, I, I, I think you should worry about everything you do with your phone, like every single thing and being tracked. Um, you're being tracked everywhere. Um, and so I, I would worry about putting more healthcare information. I know there there's definitely some uh, strictures around HIPAA and things like that around these things. But, you know, if everything's digitized, you're very easy to track. And so I would think about it. The other day, someone asked me for my, I was going in somewhere and they wanted my birthday. And I said, absolutely not. Like, Why? And they're like, because we're supposed to collect it. I'm like, if you can't give me a reason, I'm not giving it to you. I don't know why. I'm not giving you my address. I'm not giving you. There's no reason for it in this particular case. But I think that that, that horse is out of the barn now for almost everybody. Mm-hmm. I have an internet birthday and an actual birthday. 
I have seven. Yeah, <laughs> that's wow. smart. That's really smart. Yeah, I get I get I get birthday wishes all the time. It's so nice. So, it's nice. A great little prank. It's a good to way to get like ten percent off throughout the year too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's your birthday. <laughs> okay, one yeah. last question for you. Uh, as somebody who's been known to podcast occasionally, what is your mm-hmm. favorite episode of any of the podcasts that you've hosted that you have ever recorded? Oh, I don't know. The last one I did, I don't remember any of them. Like they go out of my head. I mean. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to think. If you have, okay, if you have, what's your favorite episode ever of Sway? Like your favorite person you've interviewed? I think the Monica Lewinsky one. I really I was going to say doing. that one. That one was yeah. Really I good. thought that was really good. I like the Matthew McConaughey one. Um, you know, oh, just recently I did Michelle Yeoh. I love that one. Nice. I, I love her. So I just I don't even remember the one. I've done thousands of interviews. So it's like saying which is your favorite child. I don't know. If you had what was your favorite of episode ever of Pivot with Scott Galloway? I don't know. They're all the they're all the same formula. I hit him. I love seeing Scott something. Galloway and we crashed. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was good. Um, uh, I don't know. What was I your don't. absolute favorite episode from Too Embarrassed to Ask? I don't remember ever doing it, so I don't know. I don't. <laughs> things pop out of my. Everyone I go out with says to me, literally, you don't even. They're like, remember when we had that fight? I'm like, no, I do not. So I do not remember. Your brain is storing too much information. Okay, but do you, do you want to know what the actual best episode we did was? What? Walt's what? retirement oh, episode. Oh, that was good. That, that was good. We had everyone call in. Yeah, they were funny. Mark Cuban did. That's where I Jack got Jack Dorsey did it too, yeah. I think. Yeah, I, Elon and I got in a beef over that. I asked him to do it, and then he was mad at Walt. That's for some right. Tweet. That's right. He was, was mad at beef. Walt. I don't remember that beef. I don't know why. Do you still have those emails? I'm do you sure have those receipts? I'm sure I have all of them. I don't even want to talk to you about the Sean Parker ones. They were there. We have time. <laughs> if you'd like no, to. Okay. he was upset. Let's oh. just say he was upset right. about his wedding. I oh, the wedding. That was the wedding of the wed- the wedding. The wedding. The wedding of the Redwood Forest. I think I just retweeted two different stories, one pro and one con. He got mad about the pro one. Yeah. Or con one. I don't remember. What can you do? I don't remember. What is I got um, a bunch of Mark Andreessen texts that are funny. <laughs> I don't want to tell you. Does he block you on Twitter? Yes, he does now. Okay. I have no idea why. So. Well, join the club. What's Welcome your? Uh, club. I know we're all in the club. What is a? Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite non Kara Swisher podcast right now? Oh, I don't have time to listen to podcasts. Um, Who? I don't know. You can That's say Gadget question. Lab. Gadget Lab. There you I don't. I, I don't listen to a lot. I listen to history podcasts when I listen to them. I find them really interesting. I listen to books actually more than podcasts. I know it sounds terrible, but I listen to books um, more than anything. I, I I just finished the Hamilton book after four years of listening. It's, it's it was it was great. It was great. All right, we're going to take another quick break, and then Kara, we're going to ask you for one more recommendation, and then we'll sure. wrap it up. Okay. Hey, everybody, it's Neil. I've got some huge news. Decoder is moving to Mondays and Thursdays. We're adding a second episode of the show. On Mondays, we'll have our classic interviews with CEOs and other troublemakers. I think we're going to have to start having conversations about how do we pay those jobs that can't be done by AI. And on Thursdays, we'll be explaining big topics in the news with Verge reporters, experts, and other friends of the show. There's a new generation of people on the internet. Google search has always sucked for them. So, you know, there's no reason for them to be loyal. They can just go to TikTok. This is going to be really fun. I'm very excited about all this. So go subscribe wherever you get your podcasts now. Kara, as our guest of honor, what is your recommendation for our listeners this week? 
what to to listen to right no, now? No, anything oh, could be anything. Anything, anything you're into. I think this week. Michelle Yeoh's movie, every everything, everywhere, and all all at once is or all the time, whatever it is, is a wonderful, wonderful movie. In this really shitty time, it's a beautiful and hopeful movie. But it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not scared of difficulty. I would say, and and it's joyful and wonderful and funny, funny, funny. And people have hot hands, hot dog hands, which were. At first, I was questioning, but then completely enjoyed. Like hands made out of so hot dogs? So it's absurdist. Yes. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. And still, they could love each other. Anyway. <laughs> Is this theaters only jam? I, I think, I don't know where, I think it's, I think it's doing really well. It's shockingly doing well. I, it's the most beautiful movie. And it's so, it's about, you know, it's about um, multiverses. So it's very, it's also got a tech element to it. Like people living in different times and there's a lot of technology in it of course there's a lot of fighting and uh, 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 it's wonderful it's a wonderful movie and she is finally a, the star of the movie and, and so deserve it I think she's an elegant and beautiful and, and it turns out very funny actress and it has a lot going on about technology about how we think about our lives and so you know I like it a lot did you take anything away from the film that made you want to change your own relationship with technology no, I just I thought I should give people more of a break. <laughs> In what way? Watch, see the movie. It's just that your life could have gone a lot of different ways. That's all. It's just it makes you realize where you are and how your life could have been different. And that this shows a number of ways this woman could have lived her life. And in fact, they were going on all at once. You know, the multiverse, as you know, Spider-Man, the multiverse, and stuff like that. This idea of different worlds and lives you could lead was very... Um, you know, it's you think about the metaverse, we're talking about the metaverse all the time and stuff like that. This is the multiverse. And it's the same thing. It's like, what lives could you live? And so I thought this was interesting and creative way to talk about it was a really technical thing in a lot of ways. So I liked it a lot. And also some kick assing by Michelle Yeoh. So that's always fun. <laughs> cool. She's so great. All right. So everyone should watch the movie and then check out your interview on Sway with Stick her. with it. Stick with it. Because at the, for first, you're like, what the fuck is going on here? And stick with it. It's wonderful. It's like um, being John Malkovich. Remember how you felt when you watched that? Mm -hmm. Great. That was a great movie, too. So, Mike, what's your recommendation this week? Um, I'm going to recommend a book uh, that I just finished listening to, actually, this morning. Uh, it's called Lost in the Valley of Death by Harley mm -hmm. Rustad. It is a book, uh, a beautiful piece of journalism, actually, about a man named Justin Alexander, who's like an adventurer and a traveler and a photographer. He has like 40,000 followers on Instagram, travels around the world. Everybody loves him. Uh, he's a survivalist. Uh, he decides that he wants to go find himself in India. So he goes to India. He goes to the Parvati Valley, which is like this valley up north in the Himalayas. Uh, mm -hmm. He lives in a cave for three weeks, and then mm -hmm. he goes to a sacred temple site up by a lake and disappears. And oh, so he's gone. People don't know if he did it intentionally or if he was kidnapped or if he was murdered. His family mounts this huge search uh, that goes on for months. And uh, the book is about his story and about how he ended up where he was. It's also just a really good book because it came from a... Uh, a long-form journalism article in Outside Magazine, right? And I remember reading it the article. It sounds like an Outside Magazine. It yeah. does. and it, But the thing is, the book doesn't read like that because there's a lot of times where you read like journalism books and you're thinking to yourself the whole time you're reading it, 
Could this, have been an article. This could have just been an article. Yeah. This could have just been 12,000 words, and I would have been totally happy. But Harley Rustad, the author, really like goes very, very deep into a lot of the different aspects of the story, not only the Justin Alexander's personal life, but also India. Why do people go to India to find themselves? Uh, you know, influencer culture. Um, just adventure and survivalist literature and uh, W. Somerset Mom and like this whole world that he paints for you. So it's actually one of those books that makes a great book, even though it came from a piece of long form journalism. Uh, so, yes, I can highly recommend it. The audiobook is read by the author. Uh, the actual book book is also really good. So that's my recommendation. That's great. Uh, Lauren, what is yours? You know, I'm going to recommend The Metaverse by Matthew Ball just because last week I said that on the show and it must have triggered his Google alert because he got a real kick out of that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I still haven't read that yet, but it's on it's on my nightstand. Um, I'm going to recommend two Instagram accounts for people to follow this week. One is at ReproWrites. That's the Center for Reproductive Rights out of New York City, a 501c3 uh, that supports reproductive rights. Um, and then the Yellow Fund, at Yellow Fund on Instagram, which is short for the Yellow Hammer Fund, which funds abortion and promotes reproductive justice in Alabama and other states in the Deep South. And I'm recommending those for obvious reasons. Are these uh, organizations that you can also give money to? If you, you can. To? You can cool. donate money to them. Um, but I know that giving money these days, I mean, you just you sort of don't want to just do it willy nilly mm -hmm. without thought because you want to make sure that your money is going to places that may need it the most, um, that it's going to places that can actually support the sort of efforts that you want them to support. And so the first step is just education. And I think in order to do that, you have to start reading about the organizations that you want to give to and have a better understanding of what what they're actually doing right to support reproductive justice mm -hmm. and so i'd say just start there there are also a lot of really great google docs out there right now that people are sharing that collate a lot of different resources and places for you to give money to um but uh but yeah i'd say start there excellent all right that's our show for this week kara swisher thank you so much for joining us it's no problem i'm so glad to hear from that retiree walt mossberg too <laughs> and that cat walt mossberg misses you the cat, maybe not so much, but um, the gosh, cat hisses everyone you. hates the cat. My own mother doesn't really like the cat either. I just try to listen. Try to listen. Oh. <laughs> you know what? You know what I realized? I'm like the parent who has like the asshole kid at school. You but I'm like, open no, the door. he's let so the cat go sweet. Outside. He's so, he's let so the cat, sweet. Let the cat go outside. He will be a better cat for it. And then we'll all be happy when we're there, okay? Kara really saying. does want me to let the cat outdoors. There are coyotes the in the neighborhood, Kara. There oh, are coyotes. Come on. You know, I think he could take a coyote. Everyone has to die of something, and that would be an incredible death if that was the case. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm kidding you. There's, not, there's nothing going to happen. Oh, my God. There's Raccoons are worse. They're crazy, those raccoons. He could totally take a raccoon. He, he could take a raccoon. He's like They're bigger than Raccoons. I'll be honest with you. One of the raccoons tried to attack me once. And, really? Uh, mm -hmm. How did, did you, that go? Did you tweet at it? Not well for the raccoon. <laughs> did you nonetheless. tweet at it? <laughs> no. Did you give it the death no. stare? Did you put your no. sunglasses on and you were no. like, no. back away, raccoon? Yeah. You, know, you know, the title of it should be, we've got to talk about nougat. <laughs> <laughs> Poor nougat. <laughs> so glad to have an ally, Michael. I appreciate it. Yeah. Anyway, I got to go. I'm hearing my daughter in the background. <laughs> So. Thanks, Kara. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot. You too. And thanks to all of you for listening and for sending in your questions. If you have feedback, you can find all of us on Elon Musk's Twitter. Just check the show notes. This show is produced by the excellent Boone Ashworth, our own Charlie Chip Black. Goodbye for now. We'll be back next week.
Hackers and cyber criminals have always held this kind of special fascination. Obviously, I can't tell you too much about what I do. It's a game. Who's the best hacker? And I was like, well, this is child's play. I'm Dina Temple Raston, and on the Click Here podcast, you'll meet them and the people trying to stop them. We're not afraid of the attack. We're afraid of the creativity and the intelligence of the human being behind it. Click here. Stories about the people making and breaking our digital world. AI machines. Satellite. Engine ignition. Click here. And liftoff. Click here. Every Tuesday and Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. From PR.